This morning. Okay. Yeah. It's 816 day. It's Monday. And in six days, 14 hours, 33 minutes, and 14 seconds, it will be Kitty City's birthday. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. It's a damn good day to be a Kansas City. It's a great day. It's a good day to be a Kansas City and happy birthday week, Kitty. It's well, it's weird because it's like my birthday's exactly a week away. So I would normally assume the week before as like, you know, the birthday week. But because my birthday's on a Monday, I just kind of feel gypped. Yeah, when do you do it? Uh this weekend. Uh, oh, oh, is that what we're doing? Oh. I guess so. Oh, I guess we have to find out. Oh. My job this week is to not blow this. Yay. I can't give away where we're going, but yep. I will tell you to get your bags packed a few days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Um, let's see. What can I tell you without giving too much away? Uh, pack lights. But also, bring some stuff. Light, but bring some stuff. You know what? We just had this conversation last week about how to pack. Did we not? I need you to bring both a winter coat and a summer jacket. Aw, nuts. How many pairs of underwear? <laughs> 23. Damn. For your 23rd birthday. I'm turning 24. Well, on your way out, bring 23. We'll buy the 24th pair when we're there. How about that? That sounds special almost. Some gift shop panties. Happy birthday. Hi, we need essentials. Yeah, toothpaste, earphones, a pair of panties, ibuprofen. The essentials. The essentials. Kitty, shall we do some weather? A little weather dealio? Give it to me. Sunny to partly cloudy and 87 on your Monday. Kitty wins out of the southeast. 5 to 10 MPHs. On this your best local podcast, you're reigning and defending. Best local podcast in Kansas City. You know why? It's because we dabble in the details. Details like your UV index out of 10. Kitty, what's that number? 8. 8 was not quite enough, but 9 is. Nah. Your sunset time, 8-11. A waxing gibbous moon. I don't know what it means. I just say these things, but I don't really know what any of it Someone does. out there does. Yeah. They appreciate it. You're right. It. That's for you, the Casey Morning Host. This evening, 68 degrees, mostly clear skies. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 89 on your Tuesday. And then Wednesday, mostly sunny and 90. But we'll get to that when we get to all of that. That's your weather dealio on your Casey Morning Show, baby. Happy Monday to the KC Morning Hoes. We couldn't do this without you. You are the best of us. You're simply the best. I feel like you give do that beat, a lot. Beat. Better than all the rest. Please no. Just get me pumped up. Tina Turner. Kitty, how was your weekend? Um. Oh, I'm trying to think about what I did this weekend. Sometimes you just forget. Sometimes the fact that you can just forget like that means that it was a good weekend. Maybe. No complaints? Actually, no, we did have a good weekend, didn't we? Yeah, 
Yeah, I was off on Saturday. We went to the Victory Project Gala. Oh my God, we went to the awesome. Victory Project Gala on Friday. That was lit. Yeah, it's you know it's Sporting KC's Foundation Against Childhood Cancer. I don't know what the final number was, but I know at one point they were like half a mil, and that was easy. Yeah, they did that in a couple of minutes. Man, uh, you must know, must be nice. What a great time, though. Great it was folks, a great time. A great foundation. Uh, it was an honor just to be in the room. Didn't have to work it, which is a nice change. That was of pace. awesome. Everyone's like, "Hey, so what you doing tonight?" I was like, "My dude, I'm getting lit. What are you doing tonight?" And we did. <laughs> we did in fact get lit we did have we a busy a good, weekend we had a good we? weekend oh, yeah. saturday okay. we went to westport ale house i've in, never been there you never been there never been there really i had not been to westport in a minute hot minute i have not done a lot of things outside of just working since probably february march of 2020 like i haven't really gotten back out in the streets and you we know, still stayed in our own bubble every yeah. time we do something we go outside always but even still we put our mask on then we went to fox and pearl found out that we have a neighbor that works there so now the we got a new regular spot as prime minister of west side which makes you part of the royal family kitty you know we do need to know our local establishments yes of which we can allow our ring to be kissed yeah you know? that's 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 what it's about it was great it was an awesome time and then you busted your eyebrow no then i jumped into a scrap with a couple hounds and h love a came scrap. out h love came out with an l this yeah. is true but you should have seen the other dogs actually don't because don't. actually don't little wiener dogs don't it's actually embarrassing it was very embarrassing we have a husky and sometimes i forget that she's got that husky strength she just wants to jump and run at you she's a baby who wants to play and right. even though she's as big as she is she don't get it and mm -mm. little dogs they know they sense that she doesn't realize her size mm -hmm. and her first move is to just to sprint at you yeah and most dogs don't like that She's just happy to have a good time. And doesn't know what's about to happen. Hartzell, on the other hand, stripped up. Comes well, I was inside. trying to pull her back the it other way matter. because the other dogs were coming, but she wanted to go say hi. And the other dogs wanted to air some grievances. That's what it sounded mm -hmm. like. So I'm like, I want none of this. Yeah, it was about so, to be shots fired. So I'm trying to go this way and Lolita wants to go that way. And she pulled that husky strength and I just flew. It was comical. If only we had some tapes. Actually, I'm happy there is no tape. I'm really glad there's no tape. Because there was tape on my face. Had to keep the bandage on. Hartzell did come in. I look like a pro wrestler. He did. It was scary, though. He's been busted open. We my God. Bloody faced. I did. Bloody hand. But I came home with the belt, though. World champ. Came in with the dog dragging you. Tag team champs. <laughs> Kitty, shall we do some news, my girl? Dance around this uh, ballroom of news wow. that we have wow. to tell you about. That was lovely. Yes. Here, here. Read all about it. <laughs> Monday, August 16th. Let's do that news. Ah! In other news, this city needs its news. News team, assemble! <clears throat> let's go, let's go. My name's Hartzell, that's Kitty. This right here, this is, this is your news break. Take a little break with the news. It can be done, I promise. Right, Kitty? We got this. Kansas City, we got this. We you know, I this. love Kansas City, but I feel like wrong celebrating 816 Day. What you mean? Well, I'm not an 816, no 913, nah, dog. What you mean? You've been adopted in. You are now yeah, a sister in the bond. But I will always feel that 660 in my heart, Ugh. you know? That's the interview. Yeah, yeah, 660. You can't have a day with that. I can't gimmick 660. I know. 660, no, baby. Oh, well played, well played. Don't forget, 
rate, review, maybe want to give us a follow on the socials. It actually does make a bit of a difference. Here's the thing. I keep remembering that I have to tell people that we do this podcast. And then, crazy enough, they listen. And then we find out we're out and about. And someone's like, hey, uh, you guys are adorable. I'm like, hi, hello, who are you? Oh, no, I just I listen to your podcast. You're great. I'm like, oh, wow, it works. See, Kansas City, it works. You're working. Keep working for us, please. We'll pay you in memories. Be an ambassador. A, a, a brand we'll ambassador. We'll send you junk yeah. mail. We'll send you junk DMs like, hey girl, love your profile. Mm-hmm. Be an ambassador for us. Mm-hmm. Use code KCMS20 for 20% off in store online at Charlie Hustle. That Ooh, actually yeah, was really That's what smooth. we'll do. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them that promo code, which actually is for everybody, but we'll make them it's feel like everybody. it's just for them. They'll do the yeah, branding we'll for us. Send it spammy as hell, too. So, maybe send them a couple of our actual bills, too. Yeah. Take care of some of those. If we could find boat friends, we can find friends to pay bills. Mm-hmm. What's yours is ours, and what's ours is mine. <laughs> Kitty always finds a way, doesn't she? On the show today, Ryan Sorrell. He is the founding editor of the KC Defender. My man goes in. It's a black publication here in town, and uh, he holds nothing back. That's why we need more folks like Ryan. We need more publications like the KC Defender because it makes all of us better, all of our stories. Thank God we had the KC Call, which was around to keep and preserve those black stories that the star wasn't interested in covering. Anyway, now I'm preaching. Ryan Sorrell, the KC Defender. I cannot wait for you to hear him. But also, we do some betting. With the manager in chief, managing editor at Bet Sided, Benny Heist, do a little sports thing on your KC morning show. Kitty, how that sound? Amazing. What are you doing? You didn't Benny hear Heist none, none on of that. the sports thing. You're on your phone. What are you doing? No. You're buying something? You're no. tweeting something? No. Are you selfieing something? No. If this is Sims related, it's not Sims. I'm gonna lose it. It's sex. It's it. Sex in the City. It's oh. like Best of Miranda. I'm upstaged by Buzzfeed right she now. She was a lawyer. He was a sandwich. Can I make it any more complicated? <laughs> All right, that's not bad. <laughs> Touche. Let's do this. Let's do COVID. COVID-19 cases are still on the rise here in the metro. Missouri's health department reported 1,400 new cases today. The state's positivity rate is now at 14.6%. It's climbed more than 10% since June. The state health department has issued a hotspot advisory for some metro counties. Johnson, Lafayette, and Saline counties in Missouri have caught the attention of health leaders after COVID-19 cases have increased there in the past two weeks. The issue seems to be spreading east after the state issued a hotspot advisory for counties and Jackson counties. Literally have families have to watch their loved one die in a phone call or standing at a doorway like there's some zoo display animal and watch them suffocate. And we try to make them as comfortable as we can, but that's the last memory they have of their loved one because they haven't been there. So I was curious what those numbers were going to be. The uh, the folks that got signed up for the incentive program, you know, the deadline was last week. The first drawing, I believe, was on Friday. Governor Mike Parson said almost 500,000 residents, in fact, entered the state's vaccine incentive program. I forgot. Are you for real? You, I sent you the link. You sent me the link. I sent I, you everything you needed. But I was busy. I was at work. I had to tag. I tagged over a hundred items at work, and then had to come home and get ready for the gala. (laughs) So no, I'm sorry, I missed out on my chance. That's 10k, baby. Well, you really think that's 20 if we both win, babe? I'm pretty sure I am like red dotted. Yeah, I'm the bad one. They will never let me win this incentive program. Well, I'm pulling for me because I got signed up. I hope you got signed up. I think you were the other dot. Don't worry. 
We balance out. In this equation, am I the black dot or the red dot? I really don't know. I can't be the black dot because that's two on the nose. Some updates for you, Kitty. Let's see how those vax numbers are looking. Spoiler. Yeah, they still suck. Vaccination rates across Missouri trail behind the national average. Here's a look around the Kansas City metro. Jackson County is at 47% of people with at least one dose, while Johnson County, Missouri is at 32%. East of Johnson County is Pettis County, where rates are under 40%. So how do you keep your kids safe during the pandemic? We spoke with a local pediatrician who shares some tips, including keeping your child hydrated and monitoring their breathing, as well as keeping an eye out for mental and behavior changes. When it comes to masking, we're told there are a lot of misconceptions, adding there's no threat to the development of their social skills. With low vaccination rates and high infection rates in adults, that doctor also suggests that adults wear their masks to protect kids who are still unable to get the vaccine. Like we said earlier, Kitty, happy 816 day in Kansas City. We always meet new people and we're kind of just kind of seeing what other people are selling, seeing what other black businesses are about and supporting each other, just kind of being down here and just making sure that everybody's winning. And so for this year, we really have encouraged people to get out and visit these retailers and establishments. We know they've been hit hard with COVID and the pandemic. And so we really wanted to make this game our focus of 816 Day this year. And I know there are some really big prizes involved too. You're going to have that raffle starting tonight around five o'clock. What are some of those prizes that people could win if they fill out their bingo cards? Exactly. Today? So if they do the blackout, they'll be entered to win a raffle for a free night stay at the Lowe's Hotel. They've been great to partner with us. They're also throwing in a dinner for two at their restaurant, the Stillwell. Great. So we're really excited for that. Uh, if you do the other two prize categories, you'll be entered to win different gift cards from downtown establishments, either $100 or $50. From what I could tell, looks like some awesome events taking place this last weekend. They got a bingo card thing I've been seeing on social. Everybody wants to get this thing filled out. Kitty, since you are a KC transplant, can you tell us your first memory, your first Kansas City memory where, you know, you maybe felt for the first time that uh, this might be home? What was it? Okay, this is not even me playing the tiny fiddle, but when I realized that I was so close to Worlds of Fun, it wasn't like a special occasion type thing to go. Kids around me just had passes. Like, that was a thing. This is what you do. It was what you do. And yeah, my... My mom got me a Worlds of Fun pass the first summer I was here, and it was awesome. See, Kitty, you're, this is home. You, yeah. you are 816, girl. Don't, don't get it twisted. You 816, girl. Get that I, tatted next. It was next. crazy. I moved here when I was like 12, and now I'm going to be 24. Oh, my God. A dozen years of destruction right there, isn't it? I've lived in KC half my life now. Wow. Congratulations, oh, that's, Kitty. It's a little bit sad to realize now. Every year after that is more time that I've been in KC than I was on the farm. And, and we're those, all better for those it. Those memories will just keep growing further and further away. You just depressed me today. Kansas City, here we come. Happy 816 Day. Happy 816 Day, I guess. I'm never changing my area code, though. For tax purposes? No, you can take the girl out the 660, but you can't take the 660 out the girl. 660 out the girl. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Kitty, is your mind right? How you feeling? Good. You breathing in? You exhaling? Supple. You what? <laughs> I was going to make sure you were finding a purpose in your present, but, you know, I guess you found, you found suppleness. Feeling hydrated, refreshed. Hey, that's good. Supple. That's good. We say it all the time on this show. You know, we got to look out for each other. Mental health is just health. You know, I made some tweets last week. I had been without my meds for a few weeks and trying to get it refilled is pretty difficult because you got to see a doctor. And if you don't have insurance because, you know, you don't have a job anymore, then that's uh, hard to do. The system is shit.
it's broken. It's beyond fixing. We have to just tear it down and start over. But until we do that, we've got to look out for each other. We got to make sure that we are all good because we are better together. And on this 816 day, Kitty, you know, it takes a village. And I, I know for a fact that we got the best goddamn village right here in Kansas City. I think right now most people are really tired. They are feeling the effects of the compounded grief and the prolonged stress. According to this year's report by nonprofit Mental Health America, people struggling with anxiety increased in 2020 by 93% from 2019. For people with depression, it jumped by 62%. I try to limit my news exposure. They're tired of hearing, you know, every time they turn on the television, COVID, COVID, COVID. It's upsetting. You feel sorry. You feel somewhat helpless. Sometimes it can be rather overwhelming. Roxanne Pendleton with Truman Medical Center's Behavioral Health says when you feel overwhelmed, start by acknowledging how you feel. So you might say, my shoulders are tight, my stomach feels sick, my throat feels like I want to cry. This calms the areas of your brain that are causing you to feel in distress. Instead, it brings energy into the reasoning parts of the brain to help you rationalize and think clearly. Step two in the process is to move your body. If we move our bodies, we're designed to burn off those chemicals by fighting or fleeing. This allows us to process our pain in a healthy way instead of numbing. You could actually put your hand on your sternum and just press, just as though you get, you know, pressed in a good hug. Or you can wrap yourself and squeeze, you know. Most importantly, be gentle with yourself. There's a practice called mindful self-compassion. Acknowledge how you're feeling, recognize you're not alone, give and receive kindness. Another business kitty gonna be requiring a Vax card to get in. The Midland kitty, show me that card. At the surge in COVID cases is forcing a Kansas City theater to require audience members, performers, and staff to be vaccinated. AEG Presents, which owns the Midland, is requiring everyone it shows to be vaccinated starting October 1st. Exceptions will be made for those that can show a negative COVID test 72 hours before a show. I've been carrying ours around. Got it in a little plastic pouch. Thought about getting it laminated. I have a laminator. And I thought that was a good idea too, but wait, because if we got to get a booster shot, you know, listen, I'm ready for my system update. I tell you what, my chip's getting a little stale. These little boost. 5G boost. Obviously, that's why I'm forgetting what I did this weekend. I don't have enough data. All right, Kitty, let's do this. Let's go international. Taliban leaders are vowing to restore order a day after seizing control of Afghanistan. It is important for us to uh, take uh, all the necessary measures for the security of people. On Sunday, Taliban fighters swept into the capital city of Kabul, completing an offensive that saw them capture most of the country in a matter of weeks. The push happened as the U.S. withdrew most of its combat forces ahead of an August 31st deadline. Ashraf Ghani, Afghanistan's western-backed president, fled while his government collapsed. Countless others also tried to escape. Kabul's airport was packed with would-be travelers hoping for a flight out. Last night, the State Department said all embassy personnel had been relocated to the airport. The White House defended the decision to proceed with the military withdrawal, noting it was part of a deal negotiated by the Trump administration. Like it or not, uh, there was an agreement that the forces would come out on May 1st. Had they not, had we not begun that process, we would have been back at war with the Taliban. Yesterday, the Pentagon said it's sending another 1,000 troops to Afghanistan to help evacuate Americans, bringing the total deployment to around 6,000.
I'm trying to take the political aspect out of this thing because it's just a humanitarian crisis at this point. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in foreign policy. I uh, I don't even play one on TV. But if you do want to know a little bit of an insight about how we got here, about a year or so ago, the Washington Post, they released the Afghanistan Papers. I mean, if you've read any of it or you've just done the bullet points, none of this is a surprise. Getting out in this exact moment isn't the failure. We're botching the landing for sure, but the failure is the wars. I mean, we even said once upon a time that this was the good war. Like, do you remember back when we were framing it like that? Iraq was the bad war, Afghanistan was the good war. There's no such thing as good wars. They're wars. I just and we remember, should quit doing them. Yeah, just being a kid and my brother telling me that if we weren't good, that one of the terrorists or all the terrorists would bomb our farm. We were told that frequently. Like at school, we did bomb drills. We were terrified. People, People in the country stayed terrified, though, for a long time. And and of course, now we're going to try to do the blame game. But that's just a waste of time. I mean, it's it's multiple presidents, multiple parties. Bush got us into two wars we should never have went to. Obama doubled down. This timeline we're on is because of Trump. The guy who's calling himself president of Afghanistan now met with Pompeo. Trump was going to bring them to Camp David. I mean, so you can't put all this on Biden. We spent trillions of dollars over there. And I don't know about you, but I ain't received any health care in, in that $2 trillion. I, I ain't got no education out of that $2 trillion. I ain't got any housing out of that $2 trillion. And right now we have nothing but chaos. So that all was for what? To all the men and women who served over there, some didn't make it back. What must they be thinking right now? What must they be feeling right now? So that's why, like I said, I'm trying to take the politics out of it because there's no reason to throw blame now. We got folks trying to hop on planes to get out of the country. You know, why are we throwing shade when we literally have the Saigon moment happening once again and another war that we shouldn't have started, didn't know how to get out of, and ultimately will be seen as a failure? And these are real people who may not make it till tomorrow. And we've got some Kansas City connections. You know, this is a humanity issue. And right now, humanity humanity is hurting in Afghanistan. And we're hurting here in Kansas City. Mariah Goodbreak has called Kansas City home for about eight years. But she was born in Iran after her family fled Afghanistan during the Soviet invasion in the early 80s. I was born in a country where I was told I wasn't wanted there. So kind of grew up in the... in. in in the culture of knowing that we are displaced and this is not home. Their journey took them to India, then finally Canada, where they settled as refugees. Her family, and father especially, has watched from afar for years as the United States built a democracy in their homeland. Democracy today in Afghanistan died. These images of the Taliban taking over the capital, of chaos at the Kabul airport as people try to flee, and of progress already being erased breaks her heart. Today is really in a lot of ways a day of mourning. She has family stuck in the chaos there now. My father just the last few days lost his cousin who was part of the resistance against the Taliban. Uh, he was killed. So you're just seeing a lot of targeted killings that are happening right now. She says what we can do as a Kansas City community is prepare to be a welcoming city for incoming refugees. We are already seeing it. I'm getting phone calls from the resettlement agencies, social workers. They're seeing waves of Afghans coming here. Kitty, the results are in. Are you curious to know who has the most popular band T? Yes. Any guesses? Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones? Okay. Duh. These guys always wear the same clothes. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> hey, we always wear the same clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this shirt on for six months. <laughs> I've had this on for seven months. <laughs> 
study of the most popular band T revealed the top three choices are as follows ACDC, Aerosmith, okay. and Queen. Listen, when I was a kid, I had the most badass ACDC t shirt. And I bet I would still be wearing it today had my dad not told me that's devil music. <laughs> Aerosmith, Queen, Pink Floyd, and Green Day were all the other contenders in the top five. I also had a Green Day shirt. Nirvana and Metallica fell just short of the top 10 Amazing. at 13% each, but they were both beat out by Ariana Grande. She's moving up the charts. All right. I want to know what the rules are now because in this new normal or whatever, I want to wear my band tee to shows. That whole thought of not wearing band tees at a concert, can we throw that away? Why would I not? Please. I wear a Kansas City shirt in Kansas City. Right. I'm going to wear... Right. That's such a good point. I'm sorry. I'll be that embarrassing person. I buy a shirt at the merch stand. I'm putting it on right then and there. Tie my other shirt to my waist. Rock on. Rock on. And finally, Kitty, I know you just started a TikTok. How's that going? Oh, I was thinking about it last night and I forgot that I haven't been on there in like three weeks. What are you doing? You got to get viral, girl. I keep having great ideas for TikToks, but then I just never actually do them. Well, this woman thought she had a good idea. So she went to TikTok and she thought she would try to capture her experience in a zero gravity machine. Hilarity ensues. Of course. We're on this ride called Zero Gravity at the York Fair. Okay, we're lifting up. Oh, let's go. Oh, oh, oh I see you that light. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to make a TikTok. Oh, I'm trying to make a TikTok. She just tried to make a TikTok, Kitty. She was just trying to make a TikTok. That's and all. And her kidney and her other chin gave out. Now that's content. So she went viral, obviously. Uh, it worked. It worked. You're listening to the KC Morning Show. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, inviting me onto the show. Definitely a big fan of your work as well. Just kind of the backstory of the Kansas City Defender and the reason that I thought it was necessary, um, which I also want to give a shout out to my team because my team has also written a lot of the content that you'll see on the website. Um, but just the backstory really to the Kansas City Defender and why we thought that it was necessary to create something as radical, as revolutionary, and really as innovative as the Kansas City Defender is. It actually started last year. I'm not sure how many of your listeners are familiar with an organization called Black Rainbow, a community organization that organized a lot of the protests during the George Floyd uprisings last year. And so I was also a co-founder of that organization. And uh, we did things like resisted Operation Legend, which was when the Trump administration sent federal agents into Kansas City. We were the first city across the country where the Trump administration tested out that strategy of sending in federal agents. And so we organized a protest as Black Rainbow, that community organization. And at the protest, someone at the protest who I didn't necessarily disagree with decided to spray paint the police memorial statue in front of the KCPD headquarters. And so coming away from that protest, when I was looking at the media coverage, I looked at the Kansas City Star or I looked at KSHB or I looked at Fox 4. And from those different media outlets, instead of focusing on the fact that black people were being killed, uh, instead of focusing on the fact that federal agents were being sent into our city, instead of focusing on the policing crisis in Kansas City, what I saw from the 
media that day. And what was incredibly disappointing to me was the fact that all of these white owned media outlets decided to focus on what I consider perhaps the most insignificant aspect of the protest, which was the fact that somebody spray painted an inanimate object. And so that that was really the point in my mind, which I also come from a PR background. I come from media relations. When I was back in college a few years ago, I actually had a black media publication back then. And so I have experience doing these types of things. But really, that's the, the moment that has sparked in my mind that I, that I can absolutely and black people and brown people and oppressed people really generally cannot rely on white owned media to truthfully and accurately tell our stories. And so I knew absolutely that it was necessary that, that we start something of our own. And we do have, you know, legacy organizations like the, the Call, which I think has been incredibly important in the history of Kansas City and it has really paved a road for us. But I think that there's something very powerful that, that we are already building in only the three weeks that we've been active um, as an organization for as the Kansas City Defender. And that's because we're leveraging social media in a way that I think that the Black press has really never been able to do because social media is so new. And, and we I think we have a really strong grasp on that. And so for any of your listeners who haven't uh, been to the Kansas City Defender uh, website yet, it's KansasCityDefender.com. And then all of our social medias are also at Kansas City Defender. So that's where they can find our videos. We do interviews with local artists in Kansas City, with Black artists. We did an interview with Henry Service, who is the owner of the historic Lincoln Building on 18th and Vine, who's currently suing the city for allowing for blight to happen in 18th and Vine, what he calls weaponizing blight in order to push Black people out um, so that it can be gentrified. So we have a lot of really interesting stories that are uh, currently on our website, and we also have a lot more in the works as well. All right, so you done teed me up for a bunch of stuff I'm going to ask you about, because I didn't realize, Ryan, that you were part of the KC Black Rainbow, and you all did some amazing work. We all heard we want to make a moment of movement. So before I even get back into the KC Defender route, I got to ask you just back to the George Floyd protest. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Devil You Know. And the argument is that a lot of what we saw from the protests last year, he's arguing a lot of it was performative. And a lot of it was performative from people who would consider themselves white allies. He would argue they were just bored and wanted to be a part of something. So as someone who was in the trenches, who was doing it for the right reasons for the cause, I'm curious, what would you say to that thesis? The uprisings, the biggest we've seen in our lifetime, did it make any substantive change? And then we can get back to the KC Defender, but I'm just curious, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. I think that's a great question. For me, I, we've had my, myself and other people in our organization and other organizers, other activists, uh, I've had this conversation actually with a lot of people because it can actually be very demoralizing as an organizer. And I actually, I was working a full-time corporate job before I became an organizer, before I helped found Black Rainbow. And I quit my job in Chicago and literally moved back here. And after George Floyd was killed because Black Rainbow was being created and I started organizing full-time. And so I saw really firsthand, you know, back then we actually had like 50 people coming to our meetings, like per meeting. And it was enormous. There was like people who had literally never been involved in any type of activism ever in their entire lives who were coming to our meetings and like donating time, donating money, who people who were really literally risking their lives. Like We had people who went to jail on July 17th of last year. Our, our very last person actually just finished their case. And so we had white allies, actually, all four of the people who were arrested on July 17th, 2020, were our white allies who put their bodies and put their lives on the line. They were interrogated. Uh, they underwent psychological warfare whenever they were incarcerated. The police did things like covering up the clock so that they couldn't tell what time it is. And these were 18 year olds. And so I know actual white allies who put their bodies on the 
the line, who put their lives on the line, who risked a lot and who also didn't want to be in the forefront. They were allies and they weren't doing it performatively and nobody even knew who they were. And so I've seen actual real white allies who uh, are a part of the movement. I'm still in contact with those people. But I've also seen people who just post on Instagram and people who like just post that black box whenever LeBron James was doing <laughs> yeah. it. And like, there's a lot of people who, when it was very popular, they would jump onto the bandwagon, which that's what any movement though. And so I'm not, I, I don't really get mad about the fact that there are people who, there's always going to be people who do it for performative reasons. But I think that even then, the fact that we're raising that awareness and then for me personally, like you mentioned, we should make it a movement and not a moment. And so for me, the most critical aspect of what we were able to do last year was really shift the consciousness of Kansas City. And I think that prior to last year, really nobody, you know, in decades has really thought of Kansas City as being a super politically radical, politically active, direct action on the ground, like people protesting very frequently. I don't think we were really known for that type of work. And so I think that what we were able to accomplish last year was shifting what people thought of our own city and how we perceive ourselves. And then also Black Rainbow is an abolitionist organization. And so we think that we should be spending less money and continually chipping away at the police, the bloated police budget, the $273 million that we spend on the Kansas City Police Department, because for every $1,000 that we spend on the police, we spend $1 on special projects for mental health. And so we kind of advocate for investing in what we call life affirming services. And so that includes things like mental health, healthcare, education, affordable housing. And I think that what we've been able to accomplish as Black Rainbow in coalition with groups like KC Tenants or Sunrise, Operation Liberation, One Struggle KC, what we've been able to do is we've been able to shift the conversation around talking about reforms and, and changing people's consciousness around thinking about policing as something that's necessary and instead thinking of how can we invest in communities, invest in people. And to me, I think that that's uh, one of the most critical accomplishments that we've been able to do for the past year. And you're right. The fallout, it was so in your face that, yeah, you can't look away from this one. But what did corporate America do? Like we've already started to commodify how we talk about race. You know, you can sell merch that says Black Lives Matter, whereas even five years ago, even two years ago, that would never have been the case. But it is also diluting how we talk about it because now we've got corporate America that's making money off of this. So they're not going to go the full conversation that they need to have or offer any kind of solutions because that can't make them money because you make money off the controversy. And so I think that is why what you're doing at the Kansas City Defender is so important. You started off this project. You told me before the interview, this was started off as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, correct. I really always had the vision which, I mean, this is something I graduated college. I went to Loyola, Chicago, and I graduated in 2017. And ever since I was in school, I had this vision that there needs to be a black media enterprise or, you know, organization that can compete with CNN, that can compete with like the Washington Post, or they can compete with any of these legacy, massive white owned uh, media enterprises. And I think that is necessary because we continually get beat up like as black people, as brown people as poor people as anybody who is oppressed lgbtqia plus we have been beat up for over a century by white media and so ultimately planning on expanding into all forms of 
of media. So I want to have a real newsroom and we plan on doing that. The podcast, since I was pretty busy at the time, was just, you know, the easiest place to start. Basically, I just had a microphone. I would go talk to an organizer. I would go talk to somebody who's the head of a nonprofit and we would just have a conversation. And so that really initiated me to see and it kind of allowed me to gauge, do people have an interest in this type of content? And I think very obvious that absolutely people do because nobody's talking about these things. And so the podcast was a very easy place to start. I think the first episode was maybe November of last year and then about three weeks ago. So the actual Kansas City Defender, as most people know it, one of the first pieces that we published on the website was called When Black People Are Killed by the Police, Local Media Are Co-Conspirators. That piece really took off because not very many, I don't think anybody really is, you know, holding local media to account. And so one of the other places that that came from was when Malcolm Johnson, which was a black man who was murdered by the police. And initially what was reported after he got killed was that he had been shooting at the police. And it didn't come out until maybe a month later when someone who was a witness actually had footage on their phone came out that Malcolm was being held down by four police officers. And one of the police officers actually accidentally shot the other police officer. But we would have never known this. And the lie had already been put out there by all of the local media outlets. And not once still have they apologized for lying on a dead man. And so we think that our job is to hold these local media outlets accountable. We're called the defender because we want to defend the people. That's kind of how we came to be about and and what our mission is now. You mentioned already the the KC call. So many amazing black voices and black stories that we would otherwise never have known existed had not the KC call been around because the star didn't start didn't even bother to cover it. So mm. what you're doing is important. It's vital, but I can't imagine that it's making everybody happy. What is the response been? from the people, I think, I mean, we've had people tell us that we're doing God's work. We've had people reach out saying, how can I donate immediately? How can I make it a monthly donation? We've had people reach out and saying, I've never seen anything uh, like this because we're, because of the fact, like, we're not trying to be objective because uh, if you look at the history of the black press, uh, like Robert S. Abbott, who founded the Chicago Defender, uh, even the call, Black press historically has never been an objective institution because objectivity is really uh, a philosophy of white people and white supremacy. Um, and it upholds white supremacy because it doesn't interrogate white supremacy. And uh, it, it acts like there's two sides to uh, two equal sides when oftentimes uh, there's not two equal sides. And so we're, our purpose is not to be objective, is to be uh, proactive in uh, benefiting black liberation and liberation for all oppressed people. And so I think a lot of people resonate with that. And a lot of people resonate with the fact that uh, we will go to a, a houseless encampment and talk to the people on the ground and uh, allow them to tell their stories. And and uh, we're really trying to, like you mentioned earlier, I think, give a voice to the voiceless. And we're not always trying to go to the people who maybe own the company or go to the politician. We want to talk to the people on the ground. And I don't think that there's a lot of other people doing that. So people in the community uh, value, I think, a lot what we're doing. Ryan, this is incredible, man. I told you we were going to go five minutes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> LOL, I'm fascinated. I'm so proud of you. This is, man, this is great. Help us answer some of those questions. Where can we go to help support? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, in terms of support, I mean, one of the biggest things right now, like I mentioned, um, we have a very small team, an incredibly small team of people who are 
dedicating their lives right now to being instead of working somewhere this is literally what we do and there's not that much money at the beginning and, until we get funding which we do have some uh people that we're talking to about that but uh right now we're still renting camera equipment like we don't even own our own cameras uh we don't have any people on paid staff we don't have any infrastructure at all everything is just grassroots volunteer on the ground and really that without the financial donations that we've received from the community already, none of this would be possible at all. And so the very first thing I would say for people if they want to help is we have both PayPal, we have a PayPal on our website. And so once again, our website is KansasCityDefender.com. We have people can donate via PayPal or if they have Cash App, our Cash App is dollar sign KC Defender. That's dollar sign KC Defender if people want to donate onto the Cash App. And secondly, I would say if people, especially black people if they're if you're interested in being a part of building the future of black media then i would highly recommend to reach out to us our email is kcdefender1 at gmail.com that's kcdefender1 at gmail.com so uh, people can reach out to us on there and let us know are you an artist are you a writer are you an editor are you a photographer a videographer anything literally we are uh, we're, we're still accepting lots of people for different positions and so people are interested in contributing that's another enormous way that, that I would recommend for uh, them to help out. And then a year from now, I think I kind of think of it as a difficult to say. It's almost like an exponential curve because literally within the past three weeks, we have built a media platform that is already competing. I mean, the Kansas City Star, our last two pieces that we have put out, the Kansas City Star has put out a equivalent, basically, piece a day after we put out the story. So once we put out the story on Henry Service, for two weeks, nobody had been talking about this story at all. We put out the story. A day later, the Kansas City Star put out a story. Two days ago, I believe it was, I wrote a story on the history, which people have talked about for a long time, uh, but I kind of re-brought it up and I, I wrote an article titled... Yes, I'm still mad that slaves were held and sold out the basement of Kelly's. And the Kansas City Star, a day later, uh, wrote an article about uh, slave names, I think, in, that are still like roads and things like that in Kansas City, which I think is a very important topic to be talking about. And I, I value uh, what they're writing about, but I, just, I think it just shows our influence already in a matter of three weeks that we have the largest media organizations in Kansas City having their eyes on the content that we're putting out and they are shifting and uh, deciding really what they're going put out based upon what we're putting out and so i think that that is really uh indicative of how much we've built in three weeks and then just in terms of our social media following that same article that we put out just two days ago already has over 1,000 likes and 1,000 shares just on instagram alone i mean it's being shared by you know lots of people in the black community um especially younger black people as well and i think that already in terms of social media we have a more engaged audience than any other media outlet in kansas city in terms of social media, just on our Instagram page. And so to me, the fact that we were able to achieve that in three weeks uh, just lets me know I have absolutely no idea where we're going to be in a year. We're going to continue building and we're going to continue expanding. And we have a lot more uh, work that we want to do and more stories that we want to tell. Ryan Sorrell, he is the founding editor of the Kansas City Defender. We said this off air, man. I told you, when there's no room for you at the table, you build your own table and y'all's table is sturdy it is strong it is a hell of a foundation and i cannot wait to see where you and the team take this take us because at the end of the day is the story of us our story that needs to be told exactly the way it should be told as is one more time my brother where can people go to check out the website support you all 
kansascitydefender.com as kansascitydefender.com and all of our social medias are also at Kansas City Defender so that's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook those are all at Kansas City Defender and lastly our cash app uh, for people who want to donate via cash app our cash app is dollar sign KC Defender that's dollar sign KC Defenders and also if people want to reach out to us then they can either DM us on any of our social media platforms probably recommend Instagram um, or they can send us an email and our email is kcdefender1, the number one, uh, at gmail.com. That's kcdefender1 at gmail.com. Ryan, can you come back on the show? I would love to have you on. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Come on, Lenny. Pump it in there, baby. Just keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. The KC Morning Show. Sports. Let's do a sports thing. Betside, its very own, the manager in chief. It's our guy, Benny Heiss, my brother. How you doing, man? What's happening, my brother? I am just living the dream on a day in which I am trying to figure out who's my quarterback going to be. I got former Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, now the head man in Chicago, going. Well, you know, Justin Fields, who is amazing, you know, we're, we're going to give him some more reps. You know, we're having play with the, the number ones. And so everybody who can see, everyone who has eyes is like, yeah, <laughs> you should, because he's a stud. And the closest thing that the Bears fans are ever going to get to a, a Patrick Mahomes type player. And then he's like, well, you know, we're going to see more of Andy Dalton in the preseason. And I'm saying, no, why? No. So I'm just going back and forth. Like the whiplash is real. It's not even week two of the preseason, and I'm already living and dying with every news update. Other than that, man, I am doing just fantastic. How are you? I'm good, my brother, but don't you love it that we're back in, you know, the nonsense of it all with that we can have these conversations again. Football is back, and also, as a Chiefs fan, Benny, can I just say it's nice now that we can be the team and we can have the guy that other folks say, man, you realize that, you know, we could have drafted Pat Mahomes, but they didn't, and we did. It just feels nice to be that team that says we made the move. Like, we can kind of flex. We're those guys, Benny. And it's nice to be those guys. You know what's funny is we're in the process of, of doing some interviews here at uh, at uh, at Betside. And by the way, for for anybody that uh, has a passion for the, the sports betting uh, industry, if you want to you know, jump on board with a uh, real fun growing company, you can always head to minutemedia.com/careers. Uh, so now that that shameless plug is out of the way, I was talking with a potential <laughs> candidate um, who was uh, he, he was uh, he, he grew up in the in the Kansas City area, been uh, out in, uh, in in North Carolina for the last several years. Um, and he talked about how he grew up a Chiefs fan, and we went through all those different names, all the the dog crap quarterbacks that have come over the last fifteen to twenty plus years, where there just has been nothing. He's like, you know, Trent Green, like, man, we were so excited about Trent Green, and you know, then after that, the list of all these other terrible names continue to come on, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I get it. If there's anybody that gets it, it's somebody that's a Chicago Bears fan, right? Because you know, the days of Shane Matthews. And Moses Moreno and Jim Miller and Cade McNown and Chad Hutchinson and all these bad, bad men, Mitchell Trubisky and Jay Cutler. Like, there's been nothing. When when your team hearts, Eliza, I'll, I'll give the, give you this about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, at least before Mahomes came, when broadcasters were doing a game, they were talking about, like, you know, Super Bowls and records and all that stuff. They could at least reference a quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Lenny <laughs> Dawson. You know who they mentioned for Bears broadcast? It's Sid Luckman, who played in the 1950s. <laughs> like, they were barely doing the forward pass. And that's one of the greatest Bears quarterbacks of all time in a passing era of football. 
So, yeah, it's, it's a sensitive subject. You say those names, though, Benning. I think that we sometimes forget, and especially now because, you know, our recency bias or whatever, we forget that this is a hard game and we got something special like what we have with this current lineup of the Chiefs. We need to sometimes, you know, look around and take those mental snapshots for the scrapbook because, you know, what we got is legitimately special and it doesn't come around often at all. You know what, though? Like, I'm, I'm going back through some of these names because, yes, you make a good point. And the difference between, like, the Chiefs and the Bears is that, like, at least the Chiefs, they, they may not have had elite level quarterbacks, but there was still consistency at the position. Like, Matt Castle started for four years here. Alex Smith started for five. Yeah, you had the, the Tyler Thigpen era, and then you, you had a season of Damon Heward. So that wasn't ideal. You had two seasons, I suppose, of Damon Heward. And then, uh, you know, five seasons of Trent Green, two or three of Elvis Gerback. Uh, you can move on. You got Steve, Steve Bono in the mix as well. Like it's not ideal, but there was at least, you know, consistent years of the same quarterback, you know, year to year in Chicago. It was not the case at all. Like in Chicago, I'm looking through it right now. Like you had like Matt Barkley in 2016, led the bears in passing. Then you had Kyle Orton and then you had Brian Greasy and Rex Grossman and and Chad Hutchinson and Cordell Stewart and Kate McNown and Shane Matthews and Dave Craig and just a bunch of garbage year after year. <laughs> I Hartzell, you are right. It is the NFL. You need to be extremely talented to be able to have any sort of success at an upper tier level in this league. I'm not disputing that for one second. But at the same time, man, like how come there's been so many teams that can get it right? How come there have been so many teams that have figured out the process of having stability with their organization? Like there's still an inherent advantage to being a team that when you get it right at that position, everything else usually seems to fall into place. And it took the Chiefs a long time to get to that point, but they're there now. And I'm just hoping that a team like the Bears, a historic iconic legendary franchise can just get to something of that similar level because it hasn't been there for a long long time i mean you make another great point about kind of building that winning franchise mentality hard to take a lot away from the first game of a preseason but you know as we continue to build and grow that championship mindset what do you take away from uh, game one benny the thing that i take away is not necessarily anything that i saw on the field because i i don't need the chiefs of 2021 to prove to me anything in the preseason, right? Like if their defense gives up a couple big plays, it, it's not a big deal because I know what they're, they're capable of. If the offense is a bit stagnant at the beginning, even when the ones are on the field, I know that they're not showing anything that is likely indicative of like what their offense is going to look like. Like I thought Anthony Gordon looked pretty good. Like that's a, a developmental prospect with a really quick release that put up some stupid good numbers at Washington state a handful of years ago. Um, you know, Chad Henney looked efficient. Um, you know, from, from that standpoint, like that was kind of cool. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon looked a little bit explosive. That was somebody that I think could be an intriguing name. He was someone that signed a, a big contract in, in San Francisco you know, just maybe three, four years ago could never stay healthy, but that's someone with, with breakaway speed that can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, you still have Clyde, who's going to be uh, an integral part of what they're doing on the offensive side, especially with his ability to catch passes. They don't have uh, Damian Williams anymore, um, who is a, a really reliable weapon, both in, in pass protection uh, and catching the ball, especially on those wheel routes for the Chiefs. So like from that perspective, like there, there's some guys that I think you can be intrigued by, but I, what I found fascinating, Hartzell, was that you have arguably the best quarterback in the league in, in Pat Mahomes. And I only say arguably because Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last year. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. So 
maybe not here it's an argument, but maybe around the league it still remains an argument. But you have Pat Mahomes, an undisputed top three quarterback in the NFL, still getting reps with the first team. Sam Darnold of Carolina from the New York Jets the last three years, who had won two games last year, got shipped out of town, was not playing in the preseason. Well, you know, Sam's our guy. What has Sam Darnold done to exclaim himself as the starting quarterback when Pat Mahomes is out taking snaps? But the reason he was out there is that he said he wanted to get some reps in and a little bit of balance with their new, hot, newly built offensive line. And as long as he's not doing anything to, to, to put himself in a position where he could get hurt, I got no issue with it. And I think that's actually what the preseason should be for. Get a couple snaps in, you know, leave after a possession or two, just get back into a bit of a, a rhythm because nobody's tackling in practice anymore. And, I, and again, I think that's okay. Your goal is to make sure that everybody is healthy at the start of the season. Preseason really doesn't mean that much. In college, you don't even have preseason games anymore. So, like, I don't have an issue with it. But just stay healthy and and get your reps in. And Mahomes wanted to get a couple reps with his new team and his new offensive line. And I give him a lot of credit for that. It is preseason for all of us. We're working out the kinks, getting the dust off. And you said earlier, because I'm fishing for a job, uh, you you, you said that you're hiring, huh? They can go if they are looking to join the bet-sided family because uh, we are approaching a deadline. We got got college football. We got NFL season. If you love sports betting and you're passionate about sports, developing and creating really unique and fun content like because we're, we're about sports betting for all man if you, you like the conversations that we have on this show like i'm not diving into like advanced analytics like there's a place for those but you know we're, we're talking about things that that are easily digestible that that people who enjoy sports care about but you know, now that there's, you're starting to see more sports betting available to the rest of the country, there is a market for it and it is a growing market. And so for anybody that has a passion for it and, and wants to, to dive into the space and, and churn out a bunch of content and work with a really awesome team and, and cover a lot of these different teams like the Chiefs, like the Bears, like college football, like the NBA, like there is an area for it. So, yes, we are hiring minutemedia.com slash careers. Minute Media, M-I-N-U-T-E, Minute, like 60 Minutes, MinuteMedia.com slash careers. And uh, if this is an area that you are passionate about, um, definitely uh, hit us up because uh, we are looking. I tell you what, and they got the best play caller, the best manager in chief in the business, Benny Heiss, my friend from Bedsided.com. My brother, we're going to chat on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Morning show. Kitty, Kitty, a good day to be Kansas City and happy 816 day in the greatest GD city in the world. Great day. Great day. Thanks again to Ryan Sorrell, founding editor of the KC Defender. My man shoots from the hip, doesn't he? Fire, just preaching at us. Make sure you check out all their content. It is phenomenal. I've just I've been stuck on that website ever since I found it. Also, big thanks to Benny Heiss doing that sports thing. Betsided.com. That's all the thanks I got. And of course, thank you, Kansas City. Thank you for thank you for being a friend. Don't you laugh at me. I'm genuine right now. These are my golden girls. Rue McClanahan. She was a winner and she was loved. We watched Talladega Nights again last night. I want to get that tattooed. She was a winner and she was loved. Yep. That right there, those are words to build a life on right there, Kansas City. 
Kitty, what's that KC morning buzz as we get out of Chia? You got a word for oh us? Oh my God, anything? the word of the day, yeah. Uh-oh, you slipping, girl. You can't be slipping in your last your last weeks of 23. Told you my chip needs updated. Nobody likes you when you're slipping at 23. I got one. Oh, there she is. All right, Kitty. Sponsors always pending. This right here, your KCMS word of the day. Your word of the day is dictum. <laughs> Jesus, of course. Dictum. Are you about to turn 24 or 7? Part of speech, noun. Of course it is. Origin, Latin, late 16th century. Ah, just what I was thinking. Only one definition, a short statement that expresses a general truth or principle. Stanley wanted to include a popular spiritual dictum in the introduction to his novel. I bet he did. Oh, I bet he did. I got my in a novel. Stop it. Coming soon. The new EP from Justin Timberlake. Sponsors are going to love that one. Honestly, sponsors, you should have you should have been here for that one. You could have had your name on dictum. And who doesn't want their name on a dictum? That right there is a dictum in itself. Get out of here. Katie, where can these folks find you? At Holy Hearts. You can get me at Hearts on 965. You can get this show, the Casey Morning Show, at the Casey Morning Show on Instagram, Casey Morning Show on Facebook, on Twitter, and the email, Casey Morning Show at gmail.com. Full show back in your feeds on Wednesday. Kitty, I think that's all I got. That's it. A good day to be a Kansas City and happy 816 day. Great day. So good. Conditions ideal, Kansas City. Get after it. Be good to each other. Yeah. Love you. You're listening to the KC Morning Show.